Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Old Bob out today for some really, really secret top. VIP meeting that we weren't invited to. No, he'll be back tomorrow. He's taking care of some Super Talk stuff today. Happy to have you along. Uh, an exciting uh, show today for you. Scott Berry will join us just in a few seconds as we recap the Golden Eagles sweep of Missouri State this weekend. A really, really great baseball week for the Golden Eagles coming up. We'll talk to Coach Barry about that in just a second. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today and every day by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue, the hometown team located next to Turtle Creek Mall in West Hattiesburg. March Madness, Kelly and I will talk about it a little later in the show today. You're going to have probably some watching parties, maybe some outside uh, events, and let Dickies cater that for you. But if you go see him in store, you get some of that famous ice cream. Uh, we appreciate Dickies' support of the Eagle Hour, and go see them in your community. It's Monday, and Coach Scott Berry from the baseball team joins us. And Golden Eagles, a perfect 5-0 and on the year in weekend series. They get a sweep of Missouri State, 2-1, to 5 to nothing, and yesterday 3-1. to And, Coach, uh, just kind of overview the weekend for us. I thought it was pretty amazing. Your pitchers give up two runs. Your starting pitchers only give up one run. They strike out 26. They only walked four. It was a pitching type of weekend at Pete Taylor Park this weekend. Well, it really was. Uh, we just really pounded the zone, real proud of our guys and, and how they went out and competed and gave us those quality starts uh, Friday through Sunday. So, you know, you went with two seniors, Stanley and Powell, first two games, and then you go with the young freshman on Sunday that just continues on where those guys left off uh, on the games previous. So, couldn't be more proud. Oz did a great job calling the games. Uh, Creel and Amirati did a great job of positioning infielders uh, with shifts to take away hits. So it all it all came together, you know, offensively. Uh, didn't score a lot of runs, but, you know, I've come to, to realize it's not about how many runs you score, it's when you score them. So we were able to, to do that and, and balance it with outstanding pitching that kept throwing up zeros and not giving momentum to Missouri State. So going into the series, you know, Missouri State was hitting 278. So certainly their batting average dropped a great deal after the weekend, and that's a credit to, to these guys on the mound. Coach Stanley uh, had 115 pitches. Powell had 107. Etheridge, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything in the roost, and I didn't until after it happened. But he had a no-no going in uh, into the sixth or the seventh inning. 95 pitches. What does it mean, though, uh, as a head coach, and of course, Coach Oz is a pitching coach, to have three guys that can go that deep in a game, not only inning-wise but pitch count-wise? 
Well, it's certainly, you know, what you don't want to do is is uh, get knocked out early on Friday and expose your bullpen and, and have them labored when it comes with two games left. So it's really nice for us to get deep in the game, particularly on on Friday so that we have everything ready for Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, when Walker shows up, he's not allowing you to use much of that pen. So now he leaves everything for, for Sunday. All, all, all bullets are, are in the gun for Sunday. And then Etheridge goes out there and retires the first 16 straight and then uh, retires 21 of 23. And so your bullpen isn't really tested there. And, you know, the beauty of it was to see Tyler Stewart come in and, and, and throw like he did. He fills it up, strikes out two in an inning of war, really mid-90s. He hit a couple 98s on our gun. Uh, but then Garrett Ramsey, he, he comes in and closes for us and, and gets his sixth save and six opportunities. With uh, with Stewart, you know, cause he was a guy that that you kind of uh, you guys kind of tipped your hand that he would have late inning responsibilities, but I mean he is he may uh, blossom into a setup man. But coach, when you have a weekend like this, when you win one game by two runs, you win another game by one run, and uh, so two of the three are are real nail biters. How incredible is it, though, this year that you have a true closer, everybody knows who you're going to, and he has risen to the occasion with a perfect six for six? It kind of goes back to the old days. Uh, you know, let's go back four, four or five years back to when uh, Nick Sandlin uh, came on campus, and he was our last true closer. Outside of that, we really have kind of utilized uh, what would be our back-end guys as maybe guys that bridges from the sixth to the eighth inning and not necessarily just hold a guy for the ninth. But Ramsey uh, has been in this young season anyway through 18 games. Uh, he's been that guy that we, uh, if we can get to him there at the end and there's a chance for that save opportunity, then certainly we're going to hand him the ball. So it feels good. It's kind of old school baseball back, you know, like it used to be. So, uh, but, but, you know, it all, it all happens because you have a guy that's capable of doing that. Kelly. Yeah, and I want, I want Coach, you, you used a term that, that baseball hardcore people know what you're talking about when you say quality start, but maybe to the, to the average baseball fan, they think maybe that that's just a, an adjective, but there is a real definition when you say quality start. Educate maybe that, uh, the not-so-educated baseball fan as to what you mean when you say quality start and that your guys have been giving you those quality starts. Well, I think more than anything, it's just keeping your bullpen fresh so that you have all your bullets there at the end of the game and you're not trying to string it along. You know, kind of at South Alabama last last week, you know, Drew, it wasn't that he pitched all that bad, but he goes three and a third innings, uh, you know, and then we have to use several guys after that, which I think we ended up using seven, eight total in that game. But that that quality starter, he, he gives you that confidence. He gives your team that confidence that they can uh, they can t- continue to play behind him. You know, I think another thing that we need to point out over the weekend with those quality starts was the outstanding defensive play by by ourselves. You know, in the three games, we only we only gave up one one error, so we gave an additional out. That was yesterday, and that was really a tough call uh, and a tough play for Trimble to make there in the ninth on a ball in, in uh, right center. He went a long ways to get that ball. and uh, So, you know, he got an error on it, and the guy got a double, but we were able to uh, to get out of it, or Ramsey was. But the quality starts are key. Just 
particularly on that Friday, Kelly, just trying to keep our bullpen fresh so all the bullets are there for, for Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, like we talked earlier with Walker, being able to cover those innings as well on Saturday now, it just sets everything up for you to be fresh and ready to go on Sunday. Earlier in the season, we had your colleague Bobby Barbier from Northwestern State on this program, and he was talking about his club in general saying, look, we're, we're not going to score a bunch of runs. Our guys better pitch or we're in big trouble. And I remember him saying that, and I've followed the Demons since they played you guys that weekend, and, and a lot of their games have been exactly that, 3-2, to 2-1. Two, two to one. I say all that to ask you, and, and you mentioned it at the top of the broadcast, that you guys aren't scoring a lot of runs. Are you surprised by that? Is this a characteristic that you think will probably continue, that, uh, that they're going to be more low-scoring runs than high-scoring run games? Well, we didn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of high-scoring runs, uh, games, inter-squads that we had in the fall, so I was a little concerned there. Now, we don't have the hitters. Let's let's make sure that everybody knows that, that we had back three years ago and, and that lineup that we could run out there with with Walner and, and Slater and, and uh, you know, those guys. We had, we had some pretty potent hitters at that time. And I will mention, you know, we're not seeing, or we didn't see the velocities out of out of these pitchers that we're facing, and and people that we faced didn't see the velocities that we're throwing at them. I mean, for some reason, all of a sudden, this has exploded this year, and uh, and so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, you know, everybody's velocities are up there. It's like Coach Gutton and I were talking the other day. 90 is just an average number anymore. I mean, it seems like everybody is up there 93 to 95 and even higher. Like I said, Stewart hit a couple of 90, 98s yesterday. Stanley, he was up, he was still pumping 94 in the seventh inning. So those are, those are pretty, pretty outstanding velocities that we're seeing day in and day out. And I think as a whole across the country, there's not a lot of hitting that's going on. Uh, you know, the, 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 the year of, or the times where we saw teams hitting 300, uh, I would be really interested in seeing who's hitting over 300 right now. And I would think, you know, going into this week, you know, you obviously have a big week, which we're going to talk about um, on on the other side of the break. But when you when you look at um, the velocities that you that you say that you've been seeing, you had to look back at this schedule. And now where you are at the schedule and have the record, record you have, I would think, not to put words in your mouth, but I would think very quickly you'd have to be pretty happy. Good heavens. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, last year at the time we were 12-4. and four. You know, right now we're 12-6. and six. So, you know, we're pretty, and it's pretty close to that time. And we were shut down on March, what, 10th last year. We'd played a lot more uh, midweek games to get us at that, that number of 16 games versus 18 now. But, uh, you know, overall, obviously I'd like to be better than we are, but given everything, you know, I'm glad our guys have competed and got us 12, 12 and 6. I mean, we won eight yeah. of our last nine. So Yeah, with, uh, with we, a we, tough, tough schedule on the other side of the commercial break, the week ahead for the Eagles, the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Monday on the Eagle Hour continues this second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the place to go to get 
whatever you need. They, they do sell books there, but if you walk in, you will see the entire store, black and gold, very cool clothing items, hats. Uh, I'm looking at my, my truck outside the First Bank Studio here in Laurel. The Southern Miss tag on the front of my truck came from Campus Bookmark. They got it all, and you can always shop 24-7 online, campusbookmark.net. Michael, Kelly, and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. We continue with the skipper of the Golden Eagle baseball team, Scott Berry. And, Coach, just kind of to uh, bookend uh, the week, uh, the conversations you had with Coach Gutton, uh, I know there was a few times either at you, you being in the dugout or over on that third base box looking across, and, uh, you know, just life comes full circle. What was uh, it like competing against your old skipper this weekend? Well, it's not the first time that we've uh, competed against one another. The last time that he was here was in 2013. So, But, you know, if, real quickly, I mean, you go back to 1982 when uh, – couple of back surgeries ended my career and he was the one that uh, invited me to, to join the circuit the, the, the coaching circle uh, through through his school which was at Southwest Missouri State at the time now it's Missouri State but you know a great mentor uh, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without without him giving me the opportunity he's been there since 1983 he's got almost 1300 wins at that school remarkable career that he's had he, taken a club to the College World Series, won several championships at various conferences that they've been in. So numerous players in the big leagues uh, for that school, that size, probably upper 20s that have played in uh, in pro ball. As, and when I say pro ball, I'm talking about the big leagues, major leagues. So great man, but it was, uh, it was, it was really good to see him. We talked about old times, and uh, I was glad that he was able to come. He he really was complimentary of our club, of, of our of our venue here. He loves coming down here. I would love for me to come up there and play him, but uh, I, I spent 28 years up there. I know what it's like up there, so I'm going to stay down here. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're glad you're here too, Coach. Um, all right, moving forward. So a uh, perfect uh, five for five, five and zero oh in weekend series. Golden Eagles are 12 and six and. Coach, to be honest, this is probably the uh, the hardest week in the baseball season so far. The schedule doesn't let up. Uh, we should let the Golden Eagle fans know that tomorrow's game against uh, the 24th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa moved up to 3 p.m. They're going to get the game in before some rain comes in. So 3 p.m. first pitch against Bama tomorrow. And uh, Alabama, the number five RPI-ranked team in the country. And then, Coach, uh, you get another, thankfully, another home series. But it's against Louisiana Tech, Tech uh, 13-5, and five, and uh, number 10 RPI. They're on a five-game winning streak. They beat Arkansas. They beat Ole Miss. And they swept Tulane this weekend on the road in New Orleans. It is a daunting schedule this week, but that's what you want your club to play, I guess. Well, it is, yeah. It's, we're going to run the gauntlet this week for sure. So go to Alabama first, and that's what we'll concentrate on uh, is trying to uh, to win that first midweek game. We're 0-3 in midweek. So, you know, that was uh, that was a message after our win yesterday that we need to concentrate on getting in the win column in the middle of the week. Uh, we got to do it on the road again uh, against the Crimson Tide. He's been playing well, beat Arkansas handedly. On, on Friday, 16 to one uh, at at Arkansas, got beat on on Saturday, and then yesterday dropped the game three to one that they probably could have won as well. So, 
they're a good club. They've played great baseball this year. They're 15-5. and five. Like you said, they're the fifth RPI team in the country. So we'll have our hands full before we open conference play on Friday against uh, my good friend and buddy, Lane Burrs at, at Louisiana Tech. That's really got them playing well over there, having beat uh, Arkansas there on Sunday and kind of put Arkansas and uh, sent them into kind of a funk a little bit because they dropped a couple games since that time. But then beat Ole Miss 13-1 to last uh, last Tuesday and then went on the road and took, took care of Tulane, which is not easy down in Ola for a sweep down there. So he's got them playing really well. He's got an old club, uh, guys that are really offensive, and uh, they're, they're really pitching well now, too. So it sounds like they have a great balance in their, in their club. And before uh, Coach, last question yeah, for me, and then, and then I'll turn it over to Kelly. How does the approach change now? Uh, it's it's going to be new for everybody. You're going to play nine innings on Friday, two seven-inning games, and a doubleheader on Saturday, and then one nine on Sunday. Uh, you, you've got to add a, a pitcher to the rotation, but how mindset-wise do you get your club ready for playing four games in three days? Well, I mean, I just think you keep it simple and you don't draw attention to that. You, you just stay at the one game at a time mentality. I mean, that's how you have to focus. Uh, there, there's no other way that I, I can see that in trying to get our guys ready to play. we got to win the first one before we ever have a chance to win the second one. Uh, so, you know, that's what that's what we'll do. Uh, you know, I'm not sure yet. Uh, we'll sit down, me and Oz, and, and map out. Exactly how we want to how we want to go on the weekend. I mean, we know who we're going to throw, but not sure how we're going to line it up to throw because it's all new to us. I've never played this kind of format before: four games in three days with a doubleheader there on Saturday. So, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be new, and, and we're just going to have to talk through it and see see how we want to do this thing. It, it should be noted, Luke, that there will be limited attendance at that Alabama game tomorrow. There will only be a certain number of fans. However, the stadium will be full once you bring their egos into the stadium as well. So, it'll, uh, But at any rate, I don't expect either one of you to comment about that as we move right along. Um, Scott, I do, and not to, just to take the focus off of your team for just a second, how about the job that your colleague Mike Federico has done at putting uh, Louisiana Monroe on the map? In my opinion... That was probably the most one of one of the least desirable jobs you know in the country, and to think about what he's done to a program that was nearly belly up, really. Well, you know, no doubt, you know, I think he has done a, a tremendous job over there. He's been able to go over there and gather resources by fundraising to really enhance their facilities, uh, from weight rooms to locker rooms, and and making things a lot nicer for for the current team, but more importantly for those that he's trying to attract to come in and play at Monroe and, and buy into that. So, you know, you know, he's a big part of Southern Miss. He, he worked under Coach Denson to begin with uh, and, and Coach Palmer and then uh, and then worked with me at Meridian Community College and, and then went to Memphis and, and then came back with us for several years here. So, uh, you know, he's an outstanding young coach, uh, high character, you know, somebody that you certainly want your – son to play for so it, it doesn't surprise me uh, in all honesty that the success that he's had um, because of the person that he is and and I just think uh, the, the worker that he is as well. You talked about this four game format coming up this weekend and how that's new for you and your staff one of the things that's also kind of new in this COVID era is recruiting now because you essentially have everybody all over again 
right? So there isn't maybe maybe recruiting isn't that you have to be out necessarily as as active as you have been. Tell us how COVID has affected recruiting for maybe the next couple of years. Well, you never have a face-to-face with anybody that you're recruiting. Everything is is basically evaluated over website or Internet, uh, whether it be a tournament that's being shown over a webcast that you have to follow. Uh, you know, a lot of video study, that's the only way that everybody can do. There's no on-campus or off-campus visits with any, any recruit or families. You can't. You can't uh, have an unofficial or official visit. All this is through May 31st unless the NCAA extends it again. So, you know, uh, I, I never see them. You know, there's been guys that actually uh, that, that we're recruiting that we've committed that I've never seen uh, and, uh, you know, or have the assistance other outside of what we see on, on the Internet. Well, speaking of the Internet, too, I have found over the years that that when parents put statistics of their children out on the internet, they always tend to be better than the scouting services. I wonder what's up with that. <laughs> I don't know. There has to be a love, a love factor in there, doesn't there? <laughs> I would think so, but it's funny how those, how those numbers change. But to remind our viewers too, Coach Barry, you're going to play the Bulldogs of La Tech eight times this year by a scheduling quirk. Yeah, that's a that's your common opponent. So you've got your Eastern Division and your Western Division. We're on the East Side. Or I'm sorry, we're on the West Side, and so the common opponents on our side, UTSA will play Rice eight times. We'll play La Tech eight times, and Middle Tennessee will play UAB eight times because those are the closest travel. Um, you know, so it just so happens that uh, there's two pretty good ones that are playing on our side uh, head-to-head eight times. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. That's the way the conference has, has laid everything out. And it'll be, it'll be a challenging conference for sure. So as we, when we get through with Bama tomorrow, uh, there will be a whole new season that starts for everybody, and that's the conference season. Well, Luke, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, probably the toughest week on the schedule on paper anyway for the Golden Eagles. It's going to be great. Coach, uh, good luck. Get after them, and uh, we'll see you at the Pete uh, this weekend. Thanks for spending time with us on the Eagle Hour today. Anytime. Thank you, guys. See you, Coach. That's uh, Coach Scott Berry of Southern Miss. Eagles improved to 12-6. and six. A little March Madness when we come back. The rest of the show, we'll recap Conference USA and a big win for Lady Eagles soccer this weekend. All that coming up next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, and Michael Mergens with you on this Monday, March 22nd edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right over the 4th Street Bridge in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. The Rock, your place to be, where everybody knows your name, kind of like that TV show used to say. They've got uh, the 895 lunch that includes your soft drink each and every day. You can check their Facebook page for the menu. They had big uh, St. Patrick's Day trivia last Wednesday night. The dart games are always going. The, uh, the the uh, pocket billiards pool, whatever you want to 
whatever you want to say, and all the Southern Miss, the really neat uh, items from Southern Miss history on the walls that they're constantly changing all the time because they have so much of it. It is the place to pregame and postgame, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke, the women's soccer team at Southern Miss, break them up. And when you look at the standings, the Lady Eagles atop the heap. What in the world is going on? Lady Eagles on a three-game uh, winning streak. Uh, when they lost to LSU, or when they lost to LSU on February nineteenth, and then they lost to UAB on uh, February twenty-sixth. The Lady Eagles were two and two that, at that time, zero and one in the conference. And what have they done? Uh, two weekends ago, they beat UTEP three to one. Last weekend, they beat UTSA out in San Antonio. And then, probably conference-wise, one of the biggest wins in conference. And Southern Miss Conference USA uh, history over this last weekend. North Texas, who is the perennial power in Conference USA, uh, they actually uh, have gotten votes in the top 25, just took 15th-ranked Oklahoma into a double overtime match. They're the defending Conference USA champions. They rolled into Hattiesburg uh, this past Sunday yesterday. Golden Eagles jumped out to a 2-0 uh, uh, margin in the first half, Alice Campos and Caitlin Pierce both scored goals in the first half. And then a great game in gold by Kendall Minich. She, uh, she was in gold the entire game for the Golden Eagles. Defended 17 shots from the Mean Green, seven that were on gold. And when the final whistle blew, the Lady Eagles knocked off uh, North Texas by a score of 2-1. to one. Southern Miss improves to 3-1. and one. And if you go to Conference USA right now, Lady Eagles atop the West, 3-1. and one. And that's just a great job by Coach Mo. Coach Malden and the and the staff out there. Lady Eagles have two more regular season matches. They go on the road at Rice this weekend, and then on Easter Sunday they'll host Louisiana Tech and then uh, get ready for the the conference championship. It is an abbreviated season because they're playing in the spring. But Kelly, Lady Eagles right now number one in the West in Conference USA. Great job. Good for them. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to effort as they say in the business. We'll try to effort some of the Lady Eagle players maybe uh, for the show later on this week. Meanwhile, all sorts of basketball to talk about. Let's talk about the NIT, first of all, which Southern Miss fans have always been very fond of the NIT since the Eagles were a one-time champion of that uh, championship. And as it turns out, Luke, the way the brackets worked out, you've got two Conference USA teams on the men's side that are going to go up against each other. So Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, one of them is going to fall. I think it kind of stinks that they got you know, as the way the brackets fell, they're actually going to have to play each other, but obviously have represented the league very well. Yeah, they have. When you look at what Western Kentucky has done, uh, they beat St. Mary's, and then I think maybe they got through with a squeaker um, in uh, in the last couple of days. But Louisiana Tech, uh, it was just Louisiana Tech's uh, week against Ole Miss. They destroyed them in baseball, and then Friday night, Louisiana Tech knocks out uh, the number one seed, Ole Miss, 70 to 61. And so what that means is on Thursday, the 25th at 9 p.m. Central on ESPN2, Louisiana Tech taking on Western Kentucky out in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, the Kelly, the way the NIT set up, um, those teams will basically not have played in, in about six to seven days. Pretty interesting. But Louisiana Tech against Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech 22 and seven, Western Kentucky 21 and seven. That game will be on Thursday night at 9 p.m. And then in the women's NIT, Rice uh, was a winner. 
in their opening round game, either last Thursday or Friday. So Rice moves on on the women's side. And, and in our last segment, we'll take a look at, at both the men and women's side of the NCAA tournament, which has a rare Monday slate of games because they didn't start the uh, play-in part of the tournament until last Thursday. Again, kind of a quirk because of COVID, but uh, you know it's not fair to have some of the teams being moving on the first weekend and then having other teams having to wait a full week to play their second round game. So there is a slate of games today. Some of those games have already been completed, and we'll you know we'll bring you up to date on that in our fourth segment. But on a postscript, Luke, to what uh, Coach Barry was saying in his segment on talking baseball today. We talked about how rugged the schedule is going into this week. But, man, I, I can't imagine that your team could be – and I know it, the world is not perfect. You'd say, yeah, I wish we were hitting a little bit better, and I get that. But overall, man, you got I would think you got to feel pretty good about where your team is at this point of the year, um, You know, considering you're going to play the Big A and then Louisiana Tech. When you look at pitching-wise, we are talking about this before we went on air today. Golden Eagles, over this weekend, um, they've struck out They struck out 26, only walked four. Now, when you look at what they're doing nationally, the Golden Eagles are 11th in strikeouts per inning. So, I, I, I'm sorry, strikeouts per nine innings. So the Golden Eagles pitching staff is striking out 11.6 batters, so uh, a little more than one an inning. Over a nining, but they actually are. The pitching staff is number one in the country right now in a strikeout to walk ratio. Kelly, you, you brought it up off air that a good ratio is three to one. And that's really good. The Golden Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Golden Eagles are number one in the country right now, a 5.67 strikeout to walk ratio. When you look at what they've done on the year, they've struck out 204 batters and they've only walked 36. So the Golden Eagles, if 3 to 1 is really good, Kelly, what's 6 to 1? <laughs> and it is nearly 6 to 1. It's almost unheard of, and that's not surprising that they're number 1 in the country because when you look back at statistics of any game in baseball, softball, it doesn't matter. The team who walks more players usually, high percentage, is the team that loses. It's not the hits that will kill you necessarily. It's the errors and walks preceding the hits that will get you. And those are Certainly self-inflicted wounds, walks and errors are making pitchers, you know, throw extra outs. When the pitchers walk batters, they're making themselves throw extra pitches. When their defensive teammates don't make the plays, that's forcing the pitchers to throw more pitches. So when a kid is being recruited or something, you know, or, or even in the big leagues, they'll say, man, he's got a three to one strikeout to walk ratio. And they'll brag about that. But the fact that the Eagles have nearly a six to one strikeout-to-walk ratio is nearly unheard of. And certainly not surprising it's, that they're number one in the country based on that number. Very, very, very incredible. Recapping Conference USA this weekend. Conference USA uh, was in uh, 12 series, and uh, they won eight and lost four. FIU was actually in kind of a tournament. They were supposed to play Stetson two games and Wichita State two games. Uh, both games against Stetson were canceled, so FIU won both games against Wichita State. Old Dominion only got to play one game. They won it over Richmond. Marshall uh, was swept by Southern Illinois. UAB lost uh, two out of three games to Indiana State. 
Middle Tennessee uh, was defeated by Memphis. They played a four-game series. Memphis won three of those. Western Kentucky won two out of three against Valparaiso. Louisiana Tech swept Tulane. FAU lost a series to South Florida. South Florida got uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls two out of three. Rice won two out of three against Southern. Uh, UTSA swept Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Charlotte uh, took two out of three against Rhode Island. And, of course, the Eagles swept um, Missouri State. When you look at an RPI, because this is pretty impressive right now, Conference USA with six teams inside the top 60, Louisiana Tech at 10, Charlotte at 34, Old Dominion at 42, FAU at 52, the Golden Eagles at 58, and Marshall at 78, so actually six teams inside the top 100. And Kelly, uh, Alabama, number five, Louisiana Tech, number 10. The Golden Eagles move up 16 spots to 58, but, man, if they uh, if they can win some games this week, they will take a major jump in RPI. And that's what I was saying. I think I think the way that they've been playing, they haven't been knocking the cover off the ball, but Coach Barry made a good point. that His team has not seen the velocity of pitchers, you know, the, the miles per hour that those fastballs are coming in in quite some time and that's what a better schedule will do for you you're seeing better pitching so yeah they were 12 and 4 last year at this time but i would dare anybody to compare last year's schedule to this one that they're playing this year this is the most this is the toughest schedule that i remember in 157 and a half years i've covered southern miss this is a brutal schedule and the fact that they're 12 and 6 and if they can keep pitching, you know, like they've been pitching, do you realize this weekend, just very simply, they allowed – Missouri State came down here and scored two runs in 27 innings. Two runs. You're not going to beat anybody doing that. So that's great that the pitching has done that. But if for some reason the pitching has a hiccup or stubs its toe somewhere along the way, the bats will have to pick up a little bit. And you could sense a little, a little bit of that concern in Coach Barry's voice, but, man, as long as the pitchers keep throwing like they're throwing, you've got to feel good about the future of this Golden Eagle baseball team. Absolutely. It's going to be an exciting week, and uh, you want to play the best, and you're going to have an opportunity to do it uh, this week. Hey, we'll take a one short last break before we close out the Eagle Hour today, give you a weekend recap of Southern Miss Sports, and we'll talk some March Madness. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Closing it out on a Monday, D-Bad and D-1 training bring you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. They're located at 4600 Hardy Street, just across Interstate 59. If you're going west in the old Gaddy Town building, great facilities indoor softball baseball instruction as well on the other side d1 training great facilities to get you in the best shape of your life dbat and d1 training proud sponsors of the eagle hour luke michael 
and Kelly from the First Bank Studios, our good friends at First Bank. They have been with us from the beginning, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, the home of the Perfect Ten. They've been serving uh, Mississippi for a long time, and they will serve you and your family. We appreciate uh, their studio support. Been with us from the very beginning of the Eagle Hour. Recapping the weekend, men's tennis defeated North Dakota in Hattiesburg 6-1. to one. Men improved to 5-1 on the year and will host uh, the University of New Orleans on Wednesday. Lady Eagles tennis team with a big win over Louisiana Tech this weekend, setting the tempo for baseball uh, for the upcoming weekend. Yesterday defeated uh, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs 5-2. to They improved to 7-2 and overall, 3-1. and In the conference, uh, beach volleyball was on the road down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, They won one out of four matches, defeated by South Carolina, defeated by Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, beat the University of New Orleans, and then uh, lost to uh, the Louisiana State Bayou Bengals. They will take on UNO again this coming Wednesday in Hattiesburg. Uh, Volleyball unable to uh, defeat North Texas yesterday and currently underway uh, right now against North Texas in that two-game set. Lady Eagles uh, looking to get back to 5-5 and overall in conference. And Lady Eagle golf team was out in Tucson, Arizona at the Preserve Golf Club, the Mountain View Collegiate, presented by Kansas State. They finished 12th out of 14th. Take a week off and get ready for the the Cardinal Challenge out in Beaumont, Texas. Softball uh, was uh, at home and on the road. They had a, a game last week that got canceled against South Alabama, but they win a doubleheader against Samford in Hattiesburg on Saturday and then lose uh, to Samford on Sunday. Lady Eagles 18-10 and 10 on the year, and we'll get ready for a 5 p.m. matchup at home against Ole Miss on Wednesday. And if you missed it just a, a little while ago, Lady Eagles uh, soccer team defeats North Texas, first place in the West. And then baseball tomorrow night has been moved from 6 to 3 p.m. because of some rain. So Golden Eagles on the road at Tuscaloosa on the diamond, and that first pitch will be at 3 p.m. Kelly, to say the least, March has been maddening, and the NCAA tournament, we have been seeing upsets almost at an unprecedented level this year. I love it, and I think most people love it. Uh, the thing I like the most is you're not seeing the the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the Kansases, although Kansas is still in there. Uh, a lot of new teams, you know, you're getting getting the national exposure with a rare Monday slate of games because, again, the play-in games didn't start until Thursday. One game's already been completed, and a high seed has fallen. The number 2 seeded Iowa Hawkeyes defeated by Oregon in the West Region, 95-80. to That's actually the first game that Oregon played. Their first game was canceled because VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, who was scheduled to be their opening opponent, um, failed COVID protocols, so Oregon got a bye, as it were, and knocked off second-seeded Iowa 95-80. to A game currently on CBS, Oklahoma, an eight-seed leading Gonzaga. It's 21-19, to but, you know, the way upsets have been going, you never know. Abilene Christian and UCLA are playing at 4 o'clock a little bit later this afternoon. That is in the East Regional. Abilene Christian out of the Southland Conference. We keep talking about the Southland Conference on this show. A 14 seed, UCLA is an 11 seed. So one of those are going to go on to the Sweet 16. Then later on today, it's 13-seeded Ohio going up against the Blue Jays of Creighton. That game's at about 5 o'clock. Then at 6 o'clock tonight, LSU, an eight seed against number one, Michigan. That's in the East region. Hasn't been as many surprises in the East region as others. 
Then later in the East region, it's Colorado against Florida State. There's a four and a five seed there, so you see that uh, that teams are progressing there like you would expect them to. Alabama, a two seed tonight, playing in that East region, goes up against the Maryland Terrapins, a ten seed. That game will take place at about 7.45 tonight. So those of you that want to watch that game, that'll be on TNT. And then Southern Cal will play Kansas. That game, that'll be the last game tonight on CBS. That is a West region um, game, the the, uh, USC Trojans against the, the Kansas Jayhawks. So that gets you up to date. But again, Iowa has fallen. That's another upset. And uh, Gonzaga currently losing, albeit by two points. But, man, it has been a wild tournament so far. And that's, that's what makes it fun to do your brackets. And so on. I, think, I think originally they said to, to fill out a perfect bracket, the odds were like a billion and a half to one, something like that. And you hear all these people, oh, man, man my bracket's perfect. Oh, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> sure it is. There ain't nobody that, ain't nobody that picked this one because Oral Roberts beat Florida yesterday. We got a 15 in the Sweet 16. We got an 11 Syracuse in the Sweet 16. We got a 12 Oregon State in the Sweet 16. We're going to have either a 14, as you said, or an 11 in the Sweet 16. And how about Loyola, Chicago, and Sister Jean, the Ramblers? From Chicago, take out the University of Illinois. They take a stand for the little man throughout the world. And 101, Sister Jean. Yeah, you don't mess with Sister Jean. Ramblers. Yeah. You do not mess with Sister Sweet Jean. Sweet 16. She is a bad mamma jamma. fun. <laughs> she really is. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for Scott Berry joining us. Bob will be back tomorrow. And uh, same time, we will preview some Southern Miss Alabama baseball tomorrow. Talk all things Southern Miss. So hit us up back up tomorrow, 1 o'clock. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.